Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. The reality TV gods don't owe me a thing. I'm talking about they don't owe me a thing. The smile on my face after watching The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and Potomac this week, the smile on my face is as big as Mia's feet, okay? (laughs) Now, I would have never known that lady had big-ass feet if it wasn't for Candace, so y'all blame Candace, okay? Look, we got a lot to cover. Let's just go ahead and get into the episode. It's your weekly unscripted episode of Reality and Comics 2. Let's do it. That's right. You're listening to Reality and Comics 2, the podcast that discusses all things scripted and unscripted TV and film. I'm Kendrick. But most of you know me as your mama's favorite black geek. You want some hot takes about the Real Housewives or Love Island? Or maybe you just want some extra insight on the Scarlet Witch or the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, you're in the right place. Grab a cocktail, sit back, and prepare to cuss and fuss right along with me. I'm dead serious when I talk about the reality TV gods not owing us a damn thing this week. I don't know how you could watch that episode of Beverly Hills, that episode of Potomac, uh, uh, a Bachelor in Paradise is back. Like it's a, it's, it's a lot. Like we got a lot of TV. See, they all had to be good because they know we were ready to set the world on damn fire after that episode of Real Housewives in New York. Oh, don't worry, I'm gonna get to that. I have a new section that I, uh, I have for y'all. You know how I usually, you know, I just I take a couple of reality shows and I talk about them, but then in the middle I give y'all some ramblings. I've decided to call those the weekly reality ramblings. So you'll be getting those in the middle of every week. That's when I don't want to talk about a show, you know, fully like, you know, the real entrenched like giving you all the details and all the nuances but i do want to touch on them because you know obviously we're all watching them we got things to say maybe somebody pissed me off super heavily that week ramona 
but you know we'll we'll talk about them when we get there. But I will. I'll touch on New York during that section. I'll probably touch on Bachelor in Paradise just a wee bit. I think you already know what I'm going to talk about in that section. I think. <laughs> you know. And then maybe I'll touch on a few things. But look. It's Sunday night, of course. You know, I release these episodes on Mondays. The reality, the unscripted episodes. And I'm on a high. That Potomac was a lot. And I mean a lot. It was a lot. I got mixed feelings. We all already argued on social media. I'm going to end up checking out on y'all ass. I'm not about to argue with y'all on social media when I'm right. <laughs> Never question Kendrick, okay? Kendrick is always right. Just if you live by that motto, you'll be okay, baby. You'll, uh, you'll get you a husband. You'll have some clear skin. And you'll, you know what? I was about to take it too far. Let me not. I was about to say you go have that wet wet, but I'm not gonna say that, okay? <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. Not gonna say it. You know what? We got a lot to cover. We got a lot to talk about. So why don't I do this? We're gonna go ahead and we're gonna jump into Beverly Hills, but I'm gonna kick it off with a voice message first that's gonna help us kind of recap where we've gotten so far. So you know what? Let's get into Beverly Hills. As y'all might remember, you know I was on vacation this past, not this past weekend, but when you're listening to this, it would have been the weekend beforehand. I was on vacation, so I didn't get to put out a reality TV episode, an unscripted episode, but y'all got two scripted episodes back to back. But listen, because of that, I didn't get to talk about a lot of shit on the last Beverly Hills and the last Potomac that I really needed to. And they were some good ass episodes. So I'm actually, I'm outsourcing it. Thank God JV sent in a lot of voice notes about Beverly Hills. I can just throw it over to him. I can kick back, relax, and enjoy it. Just kick it. I was about to give y'all some of them candy vocals, but y'all ain't did nothing to deserve that on a Monday morning. <laughs> y'all haven't done a thing to deserve that on a Monday morning, okay? You know what? Let me throw it over to JV, and he's going to you know, give you all of his feelings. His thoughts usually echo mine. So let me throw it over to JV to talk about the past episode of Beverly Hills before I get into the newest one. Hey, it's JV from Chicago, and I have thoughts. Firstly, oh, Erica, I, I'm trying to defend the devil, be devil's advocate, but it's, it's very performative, and I thought that she had better acting chops than this, but, um, yeah, I wish they had shown the whole fight that she had with the producer about bringing up something that she talked about on camera with a mic on. Idiot. I like how Garcelle called it, like with the click of Dorit and Teddy by association and Erica and uh, what that whole name, Kyle. I forget about her. Unpopular opinion. She's she's boring as hell. I'm sorry. I never liked LVP, but I definitely never liked Kyle either. Jesus Christ. When is that woman going to retire? Um, I like that Garcelle called it what it was. Like, you see how all of them are out there, and we're in here. Basically, the people who are willing to tell the truth and call things the way they see it are on this couch. Everybody else... 
who wants to, you know, pussyfoot around the issue and wants to kind of help Erica and not crucify her. They're all out there. Lisa Renna, old Juvederm Judy. I love her. I swear I do. But the hypocritical nature has overcome her spirit. It's overcome her face and her brow line. How can you call out Garcelle for asking questions to someone's face when you go around and talk behind everyone's backs asking questions? Huh? Huh? Ooh, ooh, we get it together. And, you know, I've heard some people say, you know, I think Sutton is doing a little bit too much with saying that she doesn't know if she wants to be around Erica. I completely understand what she's saying. Everyone there has a name. Everyone there has an image to protect. And if you're associated with someone who is involved in criminal fraud and embezzlement, embezzle, like that can have negative implications for you as well as being a known associate. I don't want to be nowhere involved. I don't want nobody uh, giving me a, a letter saying I got to show up to court to testify on somebody's behalf or against somebody. No, no, no. My name Bennett. I ain't in it. Call me Paul. That's between y'all. And I'm going to need for everybody to please stop talking about seeing and not seeing color. If you tell me you can't see color, you better be a dog. I am so tired of people saying this. You, if you don't see color, it's because you have the privilege to not have to. Okay. Point blank, period. Point blank, period. We are not equal. We should be treated equal, but we are not treated equal. Therefore, we're not equal. It's, it's just that simple. You and Viola Davis and Octavia Spencer and the help can go and sit down somewhere. My, my mother's best friend is black. What the hell does that mean? Stacy Dash is black, allegedly. Hmm? Hmm? Does that mean anything? And I am so glad that Sutton understood that she needed to sit her bird-chested ass down and not say anything during that conversation. She's learned. That Southern heifer has learned. And I peeped the, the, the look from Kyle and Garcelle. Kyle just looked over like, please don't do it. I don't, I don't even think that was like, a, I see it too. I think that was a, please don't get Dorit. Please don't, please don't get my friend for this comment, this help comment. Please don't, Garcelle. I am waiting for Garcelle to latch into that fake accent ass. I am waiting. I am waiting. Waiting to exhale. Look, I agree with everything that was said, okay? <laughs> I know the fuck that's right. I wish y'all knew how long it took me to do notes for this episode. My God, my God. That episode was jam-packed. I literally had to pause it, right? Pause it, right? Pause it, right? It, it took everything. So y'all gonna pay attention to this shit, okay? We pick back up at Doreen's probably tax leaned ass house for the meeting that was uh you know called by sudden to basically wrap erica's ass up like a christmas gift on christmas eve okay <laughs> and i'm sorry but dorita's on my bad side my bad side she gets no grace from me 
Sutton is expressing that she's been concerned and alarm bells are going off and red flags are popping up. So she talked to an attorney. I know that's right. I know the fuck that's right. She basically said, I don't want, you know, I, she's basically saying she doesn't want it to ruin her reputation. She's not sure if she wants to be around Erica during this time, especially since she's like on the boards of charities and, you know, she has a good reputation around town. She's in good standing with the community, all this kind of stuff. Keep in mind, Dorit jumps in and says nobody wants to be associated with stealing money and yada, yada, yada. Everything that she says, she had a whole lot to say during this meeting, but froze up like an ice cube when Erica was in her face. Renna keeps saying she doesn't care about that. Girl, so what? Who cares? Who asked you? She didn't ask you to care. She's telling you what she cares about. Renna even says the line, princesses worry about their reputation. Queens don't. Oh, you thought somebody was going to put that shit on a t-shirt, didn't it? You thought they was going to say that shit at Hot Topic, didn't you? You really thought you had something. You thought the black, pe- the black community was going to go up for you with that one, sis, didn't you? Nah, baby. Girl, shut the hell up. We Lisa, sh- Whew. Lisa, don't get cursed out on the Lord's Day. I'm recording this episode on the Sabbath. It's a Sunday. I'm oh Lord. Don't do this to yourself, Lorena. I'm a Sabbath. Classy, bougie, ratchet. Don't do this to yourself, Rena, okay? Kyle mentions that she spoke to her lawyer friend as well as like, you know, she wanted somebody to break down that LA Times article. I mentioned this because it's actually important later on for the dinner. Dorit said she sought legal advice and child. They show her ass in a flashback talking to PK and boy George. I Girl, <laughs> Dorit, if you don't go to hell, <laughs> Dorit talks about how she doesn't want, you know, their support of Erica to be misconstrued for support of these allegations, meaning the victims, the orphans, the widows, who have all been waiting for money and haven't seen a dime and probably won't see a dime because the money's gone. Sudden agrees and then immediately starts giving some tea. I know that's right, Sutton. See, that's me. Let me like, well, look, while I have you, let me uh throw out some gossip that I heard and then y'all do the same because, you know, I, you know, you put something in the basket and you take something out, you put something back in. You know, that's how I go. You don't be, I'm not just giving you gossip. You got to give me a little something, something back, okay? She said one of her lawyer, one of the lawyer partners uh, with Tom quit and told his wife that something was off and she told him to hurry up and leave the firm. Like, that's basically what happened. But what killed me was Renna jumped in and said, and you know the son-in-law just left too. Now, wait a monkey stunky lie. I thought you were above this and queens don't do this, Renna. I guess queens ain't too good for gossip, are You big, you know what, Renna, I was about to go in on you. Helfer. Garcelle and Kyle flat out ask if Sutton believes Erica or does she think that she's lying? And Sutton's like, that Louboutin wearing heifer is lying to us. She didn't say that, but you know, I read between the lines. I'm, I, you know, I be trying to read between the lines, y'all, like Aaliyah said. You know that Aaliyah album coming to a streaming platform at some point, so I'm trying to help y'all out. She even mentions the story about the car accident that we all now know is being investigated because the police have no record of it happening. Crystal and Garcelle both mention, you know, that uh, sitting on top of the dirt on the mountain conversation and say they were both under the impression that all of this started three years ago. But all of the articles are le- are alleging that, like, all this stuff happened way prior. Let's see. That's why sudden, sudden, you messy, but I love it. That's why she mentioned all this shit was happening 10 years ago. Ain't no damn three years. I know that's right, sudden. 
Sutton is basically saying, I'm not falling for this three-year package that Erica is constantly trying to sell us. Even Dorit, in her confessional and at her house, she's saying that she doesn't know what to believe anymore. She brings up the fact that Erica is making it seem like there was this like pivotal accident that is, is that's what like changed everything. That was the catalyst. And then sudden says what we've all been thinking. She talked about the lawyers now saying Tom is mentally incapable. And Dorit mentions that Erica's lawyers are all saying the same. And sudden says, yeah, because I think they've talked chat. Everybody is sitting around acting so shocked. And I was at home jumping up and down like I'm a damn cheerleader. Like I'm about to hit a toe touch, a pike or something. I, everybody is just so shocked that I'm screaming like, duh, oh, duh, duh. I, hit the, I did like Fantasia. I stutter when I speak. The only thing Sutton did wrong during this scene, let me tell you, was she said, it seems to be obvious to me because two plus two equal four. Now see, you know if I ever have the opportunity to quote Beyonce, I will. And that's what you should have done, Sutton. You should have said, I don't know much about algebra, but I know one plus one equals two. Yeah. Ooh, see, Jasmine, let me tell you something. Jasmine Sullivan, you better get into them runs. Yeah. Yeah. That was a little trash, but you, you get my drift. Now, please keep in mind, Lisa Renna is ready to die on the cross about Erica telling the truth, but then has the nerve, the unmitigated gall to bring up Denise Richards. Girl, can we stop with this ignorant ass false equivalency? You attacked that woman because you thought she was a lesbian. So you tried to drag her out of the closet. There are orphans, widows. There are real life victims allegedly being hurt by Tom Girardi and potentially Erica Jane. But now is when you want to be a good friend. If you, Lisa Renner, if you don't get the hell off my TV screen, I'm glad all the other women are like, Lisa, that's child's play. That's child's play. Yes, the hell it is. I need Chucky to visit your ass because it's child's play. Lisa Renner. As a matter of fact, I need you to get one of them wigs that you constantly walking around in and cut it in a bob like Chucky, as a matter of fact, because I'm sick of your ass. Keep in mind, after all of this, Dorit is still going on and on and on. And Erica Badu ain't nowhere in sight, by the way. She going on and on about Tom and Erica and everything they've portrayed in the past five years that she's known them. This, this moment right here, this, is when Sudden Strack earns her motherfucking diamond. Let me tell you, see, most of us have to spend a little time on our knees and know we're not playing to get a motherfucking diamond like the one they holding in them opening credits. But Sudden, all she had to do was go where no other Beverly Hills housewife was willing to go. She pulled literal receipts out of her expensive ass hawk purse and she recaps the lies the lies she talks about the burn victims from 2010 and the 12 million dollar settlement and how the victim only saw one million of it um where the rest of them m's at where the rest of them m's at Sutton even said that the burn victim sued, enlisted Tom, the accountant, the travel agency. Wait a minute, who else? Uh, he said somebody else. Who? Oh, yeah, Erica Jane. 
Erica Jane. Now, see, look, I don't know if that's, I don't know if he listed Pat the Puss Erica or Barry White Red. Show you right. I don't know which Erica he, you know, because Erica walking around with that damn Barry White voice. Now, I don't know which one he listed on the paperwork, but one of them was listed in the lawsuit, okay? One of them was listed. I don't know which one, but they was listed. When Kyle asked if people think the money is gone or is being kept from the victims, Sutton yelled what well, we've all been yelling. They spent it. You see them people got two different private planes and that big ass museum house when it's just two of them living there. And uh, listen, don't piss me off. Okay. Sutton told Erica to choose to be smart or blissfully ignorant, but she can't do both, okay? She also flat out says, you know, she doesn't like the deflection that Erica is doing. And that's been my main issue this entire time. All of this deflecting that she's doing, trying to make us think that there's a mistress. There's a car accident. He's he doesn't have his mental faculties about it. all of this kind of stuff. Get get out of here. I hate all of that. That's not going to convince somebody like me that this man didn't scam these people out of his money, allegedly. Ultimately, they all decide that they need to bring Erica to task and answer some difficult questions. They all decide. Punk asses. You know what? I'm... Uh... I'm getting lightheaded, okay? They really made me mad after all of this. But Lord knows they packed in a lot during that one-ass scene. They packed in a lot, okay? But let me actually throw it over to Nimade. Let me give her the platform right quick to say how she feels about Erica and all this stuff that's going on. And she thinks that she's gotten to the root of why people have really turned against Erica and whether or not it's justified. I actually agree with her about this because... It's very nuanced, but you know we we all have our uh, our opinions about Erica. So, oh Nimade, hey, it's Nimade, that African butterfly. So I've been thinking a lot about the whole Erica Jane thing, and part of me sometimes is like, how is everybody so fascinated with this? I feel like sometimes people forget that it involves like real people and real tragedy. Also, it's interesting to me because everyone loved Erica Jane. Um, and then, and now they're like gleeful about like the downfall of her. And I think it speaks a lot to like society and how we are as people. But after thinking about it, I think the real reason people are so like interested in it is that on some level, those of us like the median people of the world like see people with extreme wealth and while on one level we're like we love it you're fabulous right because we love that about erica that she was not apologetic about how much she spent all that she spent it's expensive to be me we were like yes queen um because on some level you know people aspire to that but i do think that there's also a part of us that sees that opulence and things like that mm. There's no way they got that all legally. Like, there's no way, like, somewhere along the way, they had to crush somebody. Somewhere along the way, they had to do something bad to have that much money. I think we feel that because history tells us that. And I also think we feel that because it makes us feel better about not having it. Like, well, we're just out here being good people. That's why we're not extremely rich, because we're not, you know, um, coercing people or lying to people. Um, so I think when... It comes out that someone who had a ton of money was, in fact, doing something bad. We're all like, aha, 
We knew it. We knew it. We knew you didn't have all that money by being just a good person. And I really think that that's why everyone's like so fascinated and almost gleeful about seeing her, I guess, destruction, downfall. I don't even think it's necessarily on a personal level for everybody because some of us really were fans. But I do think that everyone's like, oh, good. We, you know, we know now how you got that and that it wasn't all good. Um, and of course, I do think there are people who do understand the very human ramifications of what her, she allegedly did or knew as far as what Tom allegedly did. And I think those people want justice to be done. Um, yeah, that's my two cents on the whole Erica Jane thing. Also, I think it's a BS that she is crying about an affair or crying about an accident. Like, cry some tears over the people who have lost their money, who were in an accident, who were sick, who were whatever. And honestly, because you know me, a while ago I was like, I don't think Erica would. She's smarter than that. But now, even though I still think she's kind of smart, I do think like her coldness and her not even like, because you don't have to admit that he did anything, but you could be like, oh, I feel so bad for the families. Like her not even mentioning them makes me like, hmm. Because no matter how much I loved a person, if I found out that the person I was with was doing despicable things like that, I'd be angry and I'd be upset at them. And she, and I think I mentioned it a while ago, like she didn't seem overly upset with him, like about the divorce, which is like, mm, but like you should be really upset at the character of this person. You should be as appalled as everyone else. And the fact that she's not makes me change what I was thinking. See. Y'all, when y'all, when y'all send me voice messages, y'all be going off, okay? Y'all be having all the facts, all the truth. I agree with all this. JV, Nimade, y'all are saying what the people's head needed to be had said, okay? I'm gonna go to Kyle's dinner, but, you know, I've already talked a lot, but I, I can't go to her dinner yet without acknowledging the scene with Garcelle and her family. How beautiful is it to see a black family having a beautiful Christmas dinner on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We've never seen that before. The fact that we're really getting a Beverly Hills season showcasing not just Garcelle, but sudden, both of their full families and family moments, it's a beautiful thing. I love it. First of all, the baby, cutest thing in the world. The twins, Jade, Jax, you know, we love them. We love us some Oliver. He's been through it and he has pulled himself right back up and we love to see it. His beautiful wife, uh, her kids from a previous relationship are just a big, beautiful, blended family. We love to see it. See, we, we also get a little scene with Kyle and, you know, we find out that Teddy coming and child Teddy you could have stayed the fuck at home but I'll read you another time okay it's finally the evening of Kyle's Christmas party and okay Garcelle you better break down stereotypes Garcelle was the first one to arrive she said look <laughs> she said y'all ain't gonna treat me like y'all be treating Robin ass on Potomac okay I ain't about to be the late one in the group you know Robin missed the whole damn international flight fuck you know what Robin we gonna talk about it okay she said my black ass is on time and she looked stunning this is one of my favorite Garcelle looks that we've ever gotten Teddy arrives after her and you can tell Garcelle is just 
Garcelle was kind of surprised that she was there, first of all. You you can tell in the back of her mind, she was kind of thinking, didn't they fire her ass? Like, <laughs> like why is she back so early? Didn't they? Girl, you a little desperate to be on TV, but you know, whatever. Garcelle is surprised, and she gives one of the most hilarious, fake-ass highs that I... That I've ever seen before. I know that's right. Who the hell was expecting to see Teddy ass? Teddy could have stayed at home. See, that's me though. The producer asked her, what's her deal with her and Teddy? And Garcelle said, that lady, she's just like a damn gnat. Just annoying for no reason. I know the fuck that's right. See, Garcelle is the truth, okay? Lisa comes in in one of her recycled ass wigs, but it looks good. It looks good. She needs to keep this look, to be honest, because I'm tired of them little uh, small-ass fair faucet flips that she have in her hair normally. Dorit arrives and can't even get in the house. See, I would have locked her ass out, too. Don't bring that uh, I owe taxes spirit and energy into my home. Uh-uh. We keeping our taxes clear over here. We pay our taxes in this house. Don't bring that spirit of UMPK we don't pay our taxes in my house. No, you're not bringing that over here. I'm locking the damn door too. Crystal showed up and looked good. Okay, good. Teddy looked like Teddy. <laughs> Erica arrives and asks for Coca-Cola, please, just like Anime Bullock. And she was dressed like a, a innocent little teenager. So maybe that was intentional. I don't know, but... You got your ass red at this damn dinner anyway. Let's go ahead and just jump to this dinner. Before I get into the rousing conversation that occurred, let me just say this. Kyle, them mashed potatoes look like they came out of box. I know instant mashed potatoes when I see them, okay? <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. If you put a little, you know, you put a little condensed milk and some butter into them raggedy-ass box mashed potatoes, then you get everything you need out of life, okay? I'm just saying, they, they looked a little, you know, they, they looked real box-made. You say you cooked it all yourself, but, that I mean, that's cooking. That's that's cooking. That's fine. That's That's okay. They start talking, and Erica talks about how it feels like she's in a dream sometimes, meaning it's not real. But then she realizes it is, and how there's a lot more coming, which is an odd thing to say if you're constantly being blindsided like you keep saying you are. Sutton picked up on this too. And she says, well, are you truly being blindsided? Hell no. Them people are, listen, those people are absolutely calling Erica or her people to get comments and everything else about the stories that they're going to run. If they can get a comment from somebody instead of just running a blind story, they're absolutely going to do that. That's why you left Lake Tahoe or child, wherever the hell y'all were early, because they tipped you off and you couldn't handle the heat in the kitchen anymore. See, we ain't crazy. Sutton says, it seems like you can get info beforehand. And Erica immediately gets defensive. And she's like, okay, yes, ask this question. Thank God for Crystal. Because she jumps in and asks about the health declining and how the timeline isn't quite adding up. Because remember, three years is the magic number that we keep being told. Erica says, I don't know. Well, I'm sorry, hold on, Barry White. She says, I don't know. And Crystal is just like, okay. And she let it go. Because what we're not about to do is argue with somebody who only has an, I don't know, to contribute to the conversation about their life. 
Erica said, I'm not answering anyone's questions. And Dorit goes, well, no one is prying into, listen, I understand. And Garcelle cuts her off with the bullshit and says, that's not what you said the other night. That's not what you said the other night. Dorit looks like a deer in headlights because she's used to the other women going along with all the bullshit that they say. But Garcelle is like, ah, ah. Dorit says, let me finish. And she explains that Erica, that, you know, they all met the other day at Sutton's request. <laughs> Sutton is like, ooh. <laughs> she wasn't expecting her to throw under the bus that early. I mean, she was expecting to get thrown under the bus, just not that damn early. Sutton said she wanted to see where everyone was on this. And Erica was like, oh, oh, you hoes then formed a committee on my ass. Y'all parliament and y'all trying to come against your queen when we supposed to be working together. Look. I miss the crown on Netflix, okay? Every time they release some pictures, I be wanting a new season to drop. I go watch the old seasons. That, that might seem like an out-of-place reference for me, but I, I miss the crown, okay? Sudden tried to explain why she called the meeting, and she used the word we, and Lisa Renner gossiping ass. Oh, uh, 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 raggedy ass, mascara, lipstick company having ass. Jumped in and said... I don't think it was we, and the others agreed with Lisa. See, now it's sudden versus everybody, which is why Garcelle is in the corner of the table stewing, just like me, like literally working herself up getting mad. See, y'all are some spineless motherfuckers, spineless. All you had to do, you didn't even have much to say. Listen, oh. <sighs> It wasn't even y'all had to just say much, but now it's, well, only Sutton had concerns. See, Sutton mentions that she talked to an attorney and this literally shocks Erica. But thank God for Garcelle. Thank God for Garcelle. Thank God for Garcelle Bouvet, a.k.a. Fancy, okay? Thank God for her. She jumps in and she says, well, I don't think she's the only one that got a legal opinion, and Erica is like, wait, who else been out here speaking to Olivia Pope and, and Annalise Keaton and, and Perry Mason and uh <laughs> and Judge Mathis? Who all y'all been talking to? Dorit admits that she spoke to PK. Girl, if you don't, you know what? Kyle admits that she, admits that she had uh, Faye, the morally corrupt Faye Resnick, her husband, who's a lawyer, she spoke to him. Erica doesn't seem to have a problem with any of this, just Sutton. She only has a problem with Sutton going to an attorney, which really makes me believe, now bear with me now, it really makes me believe that the Star Force 5 or the, the Star Fox 5, whatever the hell they call themselves, tipped her off beforehand. I don't believe Erica came into that dinner blind. I really don't. Either Lisa or Dorit or Kyle, somebody tipped her off. And now it makes sense why Teddy was at that damn dinner, even though she was she was invited before this. But shut up, okay? <laughs> just just go, just roll with me on this, okay? That's why Teddy was invited, because they wanted the whole, they wanted the whole Atlanta, like Marlo Hampton say, the whole Atlanta. They wanted the whole Atlanta there. Kyle tells Sutton to be more transparent because she was concerned about her reputation and Sutton confirms. And once again, Erica is shocked. Then she brings up 
the $20 million elephant in the room. Sutton asked her flat out, why is the paper saying that the $20 million went into your LLC? Kyle says, did you know that? And Erica's like, what do you think? And Kyle is like, as your friend, I don't believe that. <laughs> Garcelle, once again, voice of the people, voice of the people, the people's champ, the people's champ. Okay, Holyfield. Okay, okay. She says, Erica's answers seem a little surfacey to me. And me too. Now, I know you all expect me to be fair because it's something I pride myself on. I do pride myself on trying to see both sides of the coin. Flipping it, I try not to just blindly stand people because you know that annoys the hell out of me when people do that. So let me try to be fair for a moment in this particular case. Let's say that she is being surfacy because she doesn't want to get herself into legal trouble. That's understandable to me. I get it. Maybe you have a heightened awareness, a heightened sense of oh shit, I don't want to get myself into more mess that I can't dig myself out of. I get that. But this episode did nothing to help me with whether or not I think she's less guilty than I think she was going in. Sudden ask about, you know, why she didn't know that she knew the, you know, the LLC stuff. Basically asking her how the hell you have an LLC, but you don't know that money's going in and out of it. Erica says... No one knows the answer but him. He's the one that kept the books away from me. Child, where the $80 million at? Where's the $80 million? I just want $20 for lunch. That's all I want. $20, I can give me a a, 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 a a sampler from Chili's. You know, you can get the three appetizers. Listen, you can get the three appetizers. You can get you some, uh, some Southwestern egg rolls. You can get you some traditional buffalo wings. And then, what's the third one I like? I like the sliders. You know, they give you the two little bitty burgers. They'd be real good. But then sometimes, you know, I like the crispers too. So I'll add them on with the... Tri- okay, you know what? Y'all didn't ask me for all that. Listen, if you ever... I need to start doing a thing. If you ever are hungry for lunch and don't know where to go, just call me. Maybe I'll put you a meal together. Dorit is doing all kinds of backpedaling during this dinner and Sutton is taking notes, okay? Teddy jumped in. Why? I don't know. But Teddy jumped in to say something. We don't really acknowledge her, but the only part that I'll acknowledge was when she said that everybody at the table had lawsuits and then the cameraman, shady ass, zoomed in on Dorit. Shade. Listen, y'all know I host (laughs) rooms every week on my club, on Clubhouse, called Melanated Bravo. Me and Kaya and Aaron from um, Bravo Wild Black, I'm sure y'all listen to them, we all go in there, and I don't know how many times alone, we do these Thursday rooms called uh, the Weekly Headlines. Headlines room, headlines, a reality TV. So it's not us recapping the shows. What it is is we pull like all of the big headlines that happened across reality TV for that week. I can't tell you how many times we've done a story about Dorit getting sued. At this point, girl, hang it up, flat screen. That's all I can tell you. Sutton says, well, I'll ask another tough one. I know that's right, Sutton. Have you had any contact with the lawyers to get the story straight and, you know, how to navigate these waters, basically? And Erica says, no. Dorit then tries to shut it all down. Y'all, 
I'm so over Dorit. Dorit was being so damn dramatic and uh, gone with the wind. And like she, God, Dorit, you, you would think that she came from uh, Days of Our Lives and not Lisa Rinna. Dorit was getting on every nerve that I have, tap dancing on every single nerve that I have left. I was genuinely okay with Dorit filling the Erica role, meaning, you know, she was giving us the fashions and, you know, the, 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 the looks, the makeup, the hair, she was giving us all that, but nothing else. But now that she's actually contributing this season, I'm, my nerves are worked. Okay. My nerves are working. You know what? It all started with this last trip. Something happened on this last trip with Dorit. And then once it climaxed at that dinner with her talking about her mama having a black friend and all that. And, you know, I've had many blacks and browns working at my house. And, you know, I've it's been a myriad of Crayola working at my home. Girl, if you, Dorit, if you don't go to hell. <laughs> I'm so sick of these people trying to act like they uh, are an ally or have black friends just because they got black maids. And you know what? Bye. Bye. Garcelle takes the opportunity to talk about her sister having a kidney transplant that went very wrong. And that she was, you know, trusting her lawyers and believing everything that they were saying. But she's ultimately been given the, like the runaround. Basically, she's not getting anything from them. Garcelle says it plainly like we love her for. She said, if what they're saying about Tom is true, then fuck Tom. Fuck Tom. Okay? Not Brady. Not, uh, child, I can't think of no more damn Toms. Uh, Tom Girardi, okay? I know that's right. Erica finally, finally, finally acknowledges that what's happened in the lawsuit and what's being alleged is horrible for like two seconds. Because then once again, she blames it on his current mental faculties and all this kind of stuff. It, it, it's a lot. Dorit starts giving a speech about them loving and, you know, caring for her. And then Lisa jumps in. We all do. And Garcelle looking like me like this. Listen, I look at these folks so damn crazy. Every time I watch this show, Garcelle is like, is this a competition? <laughs> like, what is happening? Is this a competition? Sudden and Garcelle feel so annoyed at this point. And Garcelle makes it a point to say, but the victims are the most important. And Erica, you'll be okay. Erica's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. The victims. We, we got to, you know, we have to say that. And Garcelle, because they all start echoing that now. And Garcelle is like, I haven't heard that. <laughs> Thank you. All of y'all have so much to say on Saturday about the damn victims, but all of a sudden now your only concern is Erica Jane. If y'all, you know what? <sighs> woosah, woosah. The last thing I'm going to say before I finally switch over, because I've been talking about Beverly Hills for uh, 72 days and 38 days and 15 days now. The last thing I'm going to say, Sudden called out Dorit for throwing her under the bus towards the end of this episode and of course Dorit is like no I don't think I threw you under the bus I don't I don't know what part of the UK Dorit is supposed to be from y'all know I watch Love Island so I know a few I don't know if she's supposed to be from from South Essex or if she's supposed to be from uh listen I don't know Wales or I don't know where Dorit's supposed to be from but that accent killing me I mentioned this because 
I feel like this is where the divide is really about to start coming in there. Because, of course, we know in the upcoming episode, Dorit is about to lose her mind and try to come for Garcelle. Girl, go to hell. We know that Sutton and Erica are now officially about to be at odds. Girl, somebody go to hell in that situation. It's a lot. But I know one thing. I'm team Sutton and Garcelle. Let me go ahead and get into, oh, Lord, I'm just, hey, darling. Let me get into the weekly reality ramblings because I just got to get some random ass things off of my chest. Oh, yes. Hi. How you doing? Hello. Yes. Hi. Thank you for checking in. Um, Yes, I am still watching Love Island. <laughs> I feel like nobody ever asked me, but... I need y'all to know I'm still watching Love Island, okay? I'm almost caught up to the, you know, they put the episodes of the current season on Hulu a couple of weeks behind, but I'm almost caught up to the newest episodes, okay? I'm enjoying myself. Let me tell y'all something. The USA version, I just feel bad sometimes. I really watched Casa more thinking the US version it is thinking that, oh my gosh, this is, you know, this might be a little scandalous. Will, oh my God, he's kissing someone. UK shits on USA every single time. I've now been through two Casa Amores in the UK seasons now, and both of them have been the most eventful things on TV. Keep in mind, the first season I watched was season five, that was where Amber came back. She didn't bother to talk to anybody. She was, you know, she was really feeling Michael. But Michael came back with a whole new woman. You know, he went through a couple of those. <laughs> you know, he was the scum of the earth. And, of course, you know, we, listen, a lot happened over there, okay? And then we also, we we booted his ass out the house. Now, see, I'm just now watching it this year, so I didn't really have anything to do with it. But I like to think that I had a hand in booting his ass out the house. And then this year's season, boy, oh boy, if Toby is not the worst person to ever walk this planet, I don't know who he is. Toby is terrible. Toby, I don't know why these girls keep going after Toby, knowing that they go get left in a heartbeat. At this point, you might as well just consider yourself a pair of breasts and a vagina because that is all Toby sees. He is not committing to any of you. And you know, I had big Big, big issues. Big issues with Toby at first. Let me go ahead and break it down. Y'all know every now and then I like to break down and give y'all some, some serious combo on here. Let me break up the laughter a little bit. Toby, I believe Toby is mixed race. You know, in, in the UK, they call it mixed race. I like mixed race, boys, you know. So I believe Toby is mixed race. He was originally coupled up with Cass. He kept saying he's ready to go the way with her. He really likes Kaz and, you know, he wants to uh, be serious about going, you know, the distance with her. And then, boom, he sees the white woman out of the corner of his eye. He goes towards Le White's woman. He was not fucking with Kaz no more. And obviously the audience was not feeling this. I'm so protective of black women when it comes to reality TV. And Love Island is really making me realize it. I am so protective. I was protective of Cache on this season of uh, USA. I was kind of protective of Trina, but not as much because, you know, I was more so protective of her from Jeremy because Jeremy was just, just terrible. Damn you, Jeremy. He just was terrible. But UK, I was protective of Amber. I'm protective of Kaz now. Like, I'm just, I'm I'm always, 
I'm always feeling a ways. I'm feeling a ways. So Toby, I was really, but as the time's gone on, I'm realizing, okay, maybe that didn't have anything to do with race. Maybe you're just a terrible ass person. I don't know. You know, I always feel like black women get used because they're usually the most liked on the season of UK. And then the guys use them to get in the house. And then all of a sudden, Oh no, I, I think my hat's been tied. I think my hat's been tied. I, Oh my God, look at that bird over there. She, I, I think I fancy her. Oh, let me stop you. Uh, Y'all better get into this. I'm going to be charting in the UK after a while. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I got to stop. Cause I feel like you, uh, love Island has consumed my life, but I said all that to say, I've gotten past Casa more for the UK version. Ooh wee! It was it was everything I needed. That damn uh, what is his name? Brad, and that damn Millie, and that damn Lily. Ooh, yes, he had some rhyming girls' names, and I guess he couldn't remember which one he was supposed to be with because he was kissing on both of them. It was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. Lucinda and Aaron gone. It's a lot. Look, it's a lot. Okay. Oh, you know what? Let me just, let me move past them. Let me touch on Roni for a minute, and then I'm going to throw it over to JV to touch on Roni because Ramona, I really hate you. <laughs> I want you to know I really hate you. You have worked our spirits and our nerves so damn bad this week. Like, so bad. I have never... I don't know if I've ever been put in that kind of headspace watching Roni. And I remember I was texting somebody who had already seen the episode. Listen, I'm trying to get up to their status of influence, okay? I'm trying to be influencing like that when they get it early, you know. And she told me, I told, I said, Ramona is literally the worst person on the planet. And she was like, how far in are you? And I was like, uh, probably like, well, I was like, I don't know, probably like 15 minutes. She was like, oh, you haven't seen anything yet. I'm like, no, get out of here. Ramona, there's no way she can get worse. Ramona got worse. I, watching that episode was genuinely like, I feel like that was like the the racial version of PTSD. I cannot fathom having to deal with a Ramona singer on a day-to-day basis. Genuinely, that woman, oh God. So, you know what, because I'm really, Ramon, I was really about to hurt your feelings. Let me throw it over to JV. Hopefully, I'll calm down while he's giving y'all, you know, a little rundown of, of Ramona, damn singer. So, I have a question. Have we all agreed that Ramona Singer's racist? Just just asking for a friend. Because this, th- this is getting kind of ridiculous at this point. It's not even shocking, the things that she says and the the willful ignorance that she lives in but just the yeah i'm kind of done kind of done also quick note i greatly appreciated the war of the white women in new york sonia versus ramona i love to see it but did anybody call sonia angry at that table maybe it's me maybe maybe i missed it she looked kind of angry. Huh. He's right. Not nary a soul referred to Sonia as angry at the table. Not nary a soul. Call Ramona angry or anything like that. But 
We're going to let that slide. I guess maybe Luann had learned her lesson and she knew not to say that anymore. Yeah, we'll go with that. Uh-huh. That's what the hell we'll go with. Listen, Ronnie, y'all done stressed me the hell out. This past week, y'all got to really rebound. I don't even know what's coming up this upcoming week. Where the hell is Bershawn? Where is Bershawn? Where is she at? <laughs> I need some of her like energy or something. Where is Bershawn? I need her because, ooh, her and her, uh, we all, we all won. We are the people ass. <laughs> we are the world, Bershawn face ass. I don't know. I just, Ronnie, y'all work my nerves. I will say, though, the most beautiful thing was that moment at the end with Ebony figuring out that her father, one, is one of three men, but two, is still alive. That's a beautiful thing. We, of course, know in real life. Well, I don't know if y'all know or not. I watched an interview. I think Ebony and, oh, who was it? It was somebody, maybe Jasmine Bray. I don't know. It was somebody, but she was saying how, yes, she has reconnected with her father. Yes, she has met her siblings. She's shocked at how much they look alike and all this kind of stuff. It's, I love to hear it. I love that this has a happy ending. Now, let me talk to somebody over in uh, New Jersey real quick, if y'all don't mind. Melissa Gorga. This is how you follow through with the paternity storyline, okay? That shit you were giving us about this long-lost sister and uh, having a psychic speak the ghost so you can... Uh, listen, the, the, we're not going to do this, okay? You know, uh, Jersey ain't even airing, and I didn't got annoyed. I didn't got annoyed. Ebony, thank you for following through on this. Ebony had, like... 28 storylines this season whereas all the other women probably had like three combined that's how the fuck you do it they can be mad at ebony all they want ebony came ebony delivered ebony said the things that needed to be said be mad at it, okay <sighs> before i talk about my last bit of news i wanted to let y'all know yes i am watching bachelor in paradise that might be something. I have an announcement coming within the next couple of weeks, probably. But I'll probably, for the time being, be mostly talking about that on Instagram. I know y'all like when I watch stuff live in my stories. So I've been doing that. You know, I mostly do it with Love Island. But I'll do it with uh, Bachelor in Paradise, too. We enjoyed the first episode together. I I think we'll talk about this upcoming episode as well. It, I'm liking it so far. Y'all know y'all killing me with these two-hour-ass episodes of everything, but child, I'll be okay. The one thing I want to talk about, oh, I wish I could remember her name. What's her name? The girl that is, you know, I don't. I, I haven't been watching The Bachelor and The Bachelorette for years, but the, the, the woman who was there previously but went home because it was too hot, First of all, relatable. <laughs> I I know people like love to go to like tropical islands and stuff to have a great time. That shit stresses me out. I, take me on an Alaskan cruise. Me and my cousin have been trying to plan an Alaskan cruise for so long. I don't like being hot for enjoyment. I don't. I don't. I don't like to sweat because I sweat too damn much. It'll be. It's too much. I'm not doing that. She went home last time because she was like, uh-uh, it's too damn hot. But now she's back. Her and Trey apparently have connected before. And so, like, they instantly hit it off in the house. But the big reveal of the episode was that he was not the only family member that she had dated. She had been on a date 
with this man's uncle. Had been dating his uncle. Now, I don't know if he got in the cookie jar, but maybe he stepped them cookies up before they crumbled. I don't know. I don't know if he got that far. But at the point in the episode when she said that Trey was a better kisser than her uncle, I said, you know what? Let me see what they're doing on HBO Max because this is a little too much for a first episode for me. You know, Love Island, kissing is a commodity on Love Island. They act like kissing is like uh, going all the way. But child, they was damn near hunching. Folks was walking around butt-ass naked. Boy band manager Kenny was walking all around. He was from Tasia season, but Tasia bounced his ass up out of there to go back to sync. I guess. He walking around butt-ass naked. He, I, I'm guessing he had a thong on. I don't know, but I guess they can't show that on ABC. I don't know. Maybe BET, but not ABC. I don't know. He, oh, I'm sticking with it. I really like Bachelor in Paradise. They gave me what I needed them to give. I didn't know that, like, people come into the season. I'm guessing people get eliminated along the way. I don't know. I'm just ready for Thomas to get there. How about that? <laughs> Last, but certainly not least, before I go on to Potomac, we said goodbye to a fellow franchise this week. No, it was not OC. <laughs> Let me stop being shady. We said goodbye to the Real Housewives of Dallas. Now, I don't know if we got an official cancellation letter because they were using really weird lingo. They kept saying things like the Real Housewives of Dallas will not return in 2022. I don't know what what exactly they meant. We saw the girls filming together, but we all know that, you know, production companies can film some stuff without it being actually a part of the show just to see how, you know, connections are and things. You know, we'll, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. But as of right now, it looks like it's canceled. All of the ladies put up like, you know, goodbye, farewell posts and stuff like that. Speaking of which, let me get in Cameron Westcott's ass right quick. Everybody else was putting all these nice pictures, you know, throughout the years, how the show started. Oh, my God, bestie, gonna miss ya, girl, won't see you in homeroom, sign my yearbook, you know, all that kind of shit. Cam went out of her way to post. You know, you know, you can post up to 10 things in one post. Made sure she didn't use not nary a post to show a picture with Tiffany Moon in there. See, you raggedy. And that's why you racist as hell. We already knew that from the show, but you going out of your way to exclude that one. See, you just, back cam. We didn't want you to come back no way. And now you can't. I guess you got to sit in the house all day and train that dog to piss on the treadmill or whatever the hell y'all were doing. I don't know. I stay out of uh, <laughs> rich people business. But you and court and short, y'all can stay the hell off of my TV forever. Bye. Do y'all think Dallas will be back, like, on Peacock, maybe? Or, I don't know, maybe they got to breathe a little bit like OC. I don't know. I'll be up for them breathing. Let them stay, you know, let them stay gone a little bit. Make them the first, like, well, oh, well, I guess Miami will be. But make them the second, like, Peacock-exclusive Housewives. Maybe they're trying to see first how well Real Housewives of Miami does on Peacock. And then they'll see what the future is for Dallas. Oh, I didn't even think of that before. That that actually sounds smart. Okay, we're going to go with that theory. Dallas is not canceled. They're just waiting to see how Miami does, and then they'll decide if they want to pick up with these ladies. 
if they do, they got a real opportunity here because y'all need to go with a whole new production company. Y'all need to cast around Deandra and Tiffany like y'all were doing. And then let's figure this out because I want Mama D back on my TV. I want that hairstyle and shaman back on my TV. I want Tiffany Moon and the kids and that uh fingerprint lock closet. I want all of that back on my TV. I need all of that. You know what? Let's go ahead and go over towards the DMV area. Let's go to Potomac. It's day two of Williamsburg, and we find out that Mia and Giselle were up this morning before breakfast, and Mia tells Giselle that Karen is upset about being called a troll. Child. <laughs> Once they arrive, Giselle and Robin actually leave, you know, to go have a little private chat, and while they're gone, Karen hurries up and says that Candace should be mad at Giselle about those Chris comments. Look. Karen is a mess. <laughs> Karen is a whole ass mess. Karen spends all day making sure others hate Giselle. And that is hilarious to me for some reason. <laughs> Karen waking up in the morning and until she goes to sleep at night, she going to make sure you hate Giselle. Okay. <laughs> they just like every pair of aunties any of us have ever had. It's ridiculous. We love it, but it's ridiculous. When Giselle and Robin go off, Giselle gives Robin some tough love, quote unquote, child, and tells her she needs to, you know, get up out the bed. She needs to focus on her businesses, give Juan some some good loving, like Tony Braxton said, like Anita Baker said, you know, all like all the R&B legends had said, and then some. But what had me doing a double take was when Robin revealed that retailers are reaching out to her to put her hats in their stores. Places like Macy's, places like TJ Maxx, and she just hasn't been returning the calls. See, Robin, you must be scared to make money. They said scared money don't make no money. I don't know. And me and Mia said uh, stripper pole money is the best kind of money. So, child, you better do some shit. Time for water aerobics. Okay, first of all, I got mad all over again because the Olympics need to allow black women to wear these kind of swim caps. Okay. See, they're afraid of our melanin. That's what it is. You know what? Let me not start a race war all over again. Okay. <laughs> not me always trying to incite a race war. I'm just playing during Giselle's hilarious water aerobics class. Ashley. Oh, messy ass shows up now. We love us some Messy Ashley, okay? We love some Messy Ashley, okay? I don't like the Ashley, you know, that they all try to pretend as a Catholic saint, but I love Ashley when she's at her messiest. I love me a messy-ass Ashley. Child, I just knew Ashley was about to get out that truck and she was going to have that new baby in tow, but she said, no, nah, I don't need them. See, that's how y'all do. Y'all treat them first babies well, then y'all get to us, us second children, and y'all don't give a damn about us. That's all right. Michael, <laughs> she said, nah, Michael, you got him this weekend. That'll make sure you keep your dick in the house while I'm gone. I know that's right, Ashley. Ashley calls Karen out, though, because she said Karen is like a walking fable when it comes to Giselle, child. Karen couldn't wait, could not wait 
to tell Ashley that Giselle was attacking her all over the place. Karen couldn't wait to tell Ray on FaceTime that Giselle had been attacking her. I can't. I cannot with y'all. Karen, I feel like if it seems like Giselle is directing her attention to everybody but you, but you want to make sure that people know that you're the actual victim. It's really weird, Karen. I don't know. You two, y- y'all, oh, Lord, I, I don't know. I can't. I can't. Ray didn't give a damn about none of that shit. He wanted to know where Erica Lyles was. Okay, you know what? Let me stop before uh Karen called Bravo and had him come cuss me out. Ashley and Giselle chat for a little bit and Ashley basically regurgitates everything that Karen tells her about Giselle basically opening fire on everybody at the table last night. Giselle, of course, defends herself and Ashley actually kind of agrees with Giselle, but the crux of the conversation that they have was actually about Wendy and they kind of ultimately decide that they'll tell her about the Eddie rumors at lunch. That's really the only reason I brought that scene up because we needed to know that there was kind of a there was a game plan, even though later on they're going to switch up the game plan a little bit more. Now, before I get to this lunch, let me say this was a top tier episode of Potomac. Like it gave me everything I needed. But with that said, everybody was doing too much. <laughs> everybody. I know y'all want me to say, oh, I'm team this. I'm team. Everybody was doing too damn much. Did I now? Did I love it? Yep. Did I enjoy it? You're damn right. Were they still doing too much? And was. The ladies go out for lunch and everybody drinking. So you know it's about to be some shit. Ashley Harris and she gets it cracking. Okay. She like, look, this is what I'm hearing. But that ain't what Giselle said. So what's going on? Basically, you know, she said it a little more polite, but I ain't got time for all this shit. Okay. Wendy pours her heart out and she's, you know, thanking Karen and Karen over there with a heart hand over her heart, a uh, blushing and shit, a whole lot of shit going on. And everybody is like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> this lunch is a mess. Like it's a mess. They're all going back and forth. And listen, Ashley messy ass is right in it. Robin and Wendy are going and in, getting into it. Uh, 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 Giselle and Wendy getting into it. Mia defending Giselle, but then like defending Wendy all in the same. That was weird. Ashley over talks Wendy because she feels like she's missing the point. Who child? What killed me the most though, and I know this is random as hell, was when Mia once again doubled down on where she used to work. Mia, I'm not doing this again with you. I am not about to play the semantics game with you about whether it's a strip club or Ruby Tuesdays or a gentleman's club or Chili's or Wendy's. I'm not doing this with you, okay? Before they finally break from this tragic-ass lunch, Wendy gives, you know, some tears. She has to pour some tears out for Eddie. You know, we pour some out for the homies. You know, a little Coke 45, you know. And Ashley and Giselle actually walk off and they agree to basically put the ball in Ashley's corner and she's going to be the one to tell Wendy about the rumors. So you see, once again, we've now handed off, I should say, we've now transitioned power for who's going to tell Wendy about these Eddie rumors. Two things I want to point out. I fucking screamed. 
when Candace says Ashley's breast pump and her forehead just got there. You know what? <laughs> Listen, I've always said that fans and the other ladies have always had an issue with Candace because her mouth is cutthroat, is hilarious, and they can't figure out what to do with it. That's the problem. I was howling. I honestly, I couldn't keep up with all of Candace's one-liners during this episode. She had way too many. Like, I literally cackled at her probably three or four times during this episode. Also, thing number two. I see you, Wendy, in that Ivy Park. Wendy is an Ivy Park secret shopper just like me. Ew. See, Wendy, I just bought an Ivy Park hat in this round. Listen. That hat's so fucking stupid, but I bought it anyway because I love Beyonce, okay? That hat is from that last, like, rodeo collection. It's not a stupid hat, but it's stupid that I bought it. It comes with a do-rag, like, attached to it. And my bald-headed ass, I bought it. (laughs) I'm sitting up here waiting by my mailbox just to get her anyway. By the way... I didn't give it out this week. The Ball Head Hole Award, if you didn't know, goes to Ramona Singer. Obviously, you know, the Ball Head Hole Award can be a good thing or a bad thing. Ramona, it will always be a tragedy in your case. It's whiskey testing time. Whiskey testing time. It's whiskey testing time. It's whiskey. Okay, let me stop. Oh, my God. I want to do a whiskey tasting so bad right now. Or a wine tasting... Or a vodka taste testing, child. I would be like Robin. See, that's why I don't get invited no damn where all this, my ghetto ass. That's why I don't get invited nowhere. I shows my whole ass at stuff like this. See, I just want to sip on some variations, child. That's all. Can somebody come to Memphis and let's just do a motherfucking tasting? I know I'm off track, but damn, okay? COVID got me feeling the ways. I want to see and experience the world again. Like, take a hoe to a vineyard. Take a hoe on a train ride so we can go around to the other side of the vineyard and let's taste some tequila. Take me somewhere. I don't know. Just, just take me anywhere. This taste test was fun. I loved every minute of it. Robin, chug-a-lug, and all them drinks. That's how I would have been Robin, too. But Ashley, of course, has to leave. Remember, she's only there for one day. She does have a newborn child, after all. So she pulls Wendy for a chat, who immediately looks reluctant and like she doesn't want to go talk to her. Ashley tells her about the fabricated article, and Wendy was trained to go. She was TTG. She was wrecked to go. She felt like Giselle was being malicious. And Ashley, of course, is trying to defend her because she knows that they're both trying to come from like a a quote-unquote good place. Wendy is not trying to hear that shit. She said she reads plenty of evil and bad shit about Giselle, about Ashley, and about Robin. Robin, meantime, on the inside having the time of her life, she twerking, she throwing that ass in a circle, she tussy rolling and uh, dutty whining, she uh, she doing it all, baby. She doing like the, the, she on top of the ladder, she doing a split like Spice, she doing it all. She cuts that shit short and she goes back inside, so obviously it doesn't matter who the messenger is. <laughs> Wendy sees them feel, you know, Look, she see them cutting up and she like, uh-uh, cut all that shit. She says, don't nobody attack my husband. We not finna do that. That's my family. Wendy says she's putting Giselle on notice. And Giselle, Giselle is just sitting there drinking her damn drink. She like, huh, where? 
You said, huh, I did what in that hand? And then she tells her nothing was malicious. Child, this whole thing was a mess. I couldn't even keep up. Wendy was reading from top to bottom. She was reading fast, but I couldn't keep up with all the shit that was being said. Wendy seems to go after everybody on that couch. Everybody. And I'm confused as to how Robin even got dragged into this. Something about a cracker. Like, I don't know if it was a Ritz cracker or a wheat cracker. Don't you love a good wheat cracker? Have y'all ever had a wheat cracker? Man, I go to this place called Chicken Salad Chick, and they got the best wheat crackers ever, and you dip it in off in there. I'm getting off track. None of that is neither here nor there. Like, I get it, though. You feel like Giselle and Ashley didn't approach the situation correctly. That's fine. Everybody can argue about that all they want. But I'm, I'm just trying to figure out, like, Rob was trying to figure out, like, what the hell was going on since, you know, you come back to the entire group. You know, everybody was having fun, and then you stopped everybody's fun to address this one thing. Look, I'm robbing. Like, what the fuck we arguing about? At least let me know what we arguing about so that I can, you know, like, what's the word? So that I can thoughtfully participate (laughs) in the foolishness. Robin, she look, she was saying everything. She said, Robin ain't got no damn relationship to be mad about. Giselle is dealing with karma. See, I didn't actually... Even though Wendy Wendy was reading for filth, I actually didn't agree with that line. I don't like that. I think that getting somebody like Jamal out of your life is much better than anything else. And she's got those beautiful girls. She got that big house she built, and she's still on chat room and all these different opportunities. It seems like Giselle's life is going pretty good. I don't want, like, I hate for any of that to be misconstrued, especially... When this whole, you know, like us in the Bravo community, we always talk about how we hate especially in Atlanta, how they put so much emphasis on a man being the uh, the figure that brings them happiness and nobody, nothing else can make them happy. And I hate that. So I, I don't like that part, but it was still a read, child. I <laughs> What's hilarious is that after all of that, Ashley gathers up her shit and she's like, well, I'm going to go ahead and head out, child. <laughs> child. Candace follow her ass in the kitchen and then they get into it. Candace questions why Ashley brought that to the group and all this kind of stuff. That I don't I don't know how to feel about this. I love it because I actually kind of like the young girls. I like Candace and Ashley feuding because their beef has always kind of given me something that I needed. My favorite Potomac moment. Well, not my favorite, but it's definitely one that I laugh about a lot more than I should. Andy at their reunion reading Candace's tweets <laughs> about Ashley when she was pregnant. That shit will forever be funny to me. You roach or whatever she called that girl. That shit is always funny to me. I laugh every single time. So them two beefing, I'm more than okay with. I love the fact that Candace was like, you know what? Let me go beef with this health in the kitchen right quick so I look like I did something to their child <laughs> and going on about my business. You know what? Potomac... Beverly Hills, y'all did what the hell y'all needed to do. Let me throw it over to Samaj. Samaj has a couple things he wants to say about Potoma, okay? I'm going to let him talk about Potomac, and then I'm going to get on out of here. Hey, Kendrick. It's Samaj from the Me I Am Canceled podcast here to talk about Potomac. This season is bananas. Oh, my God. So, first things first. I know you love them, your green-eyed bandits, but I got to tell you and everyone 
Do not fall for their bullshit. Do not fall for the green-eyed band that's light-skinned bullshit, okay? We know exactly what Dr. Money's talking about. We know exactly how she feels. We know exactly what she's saying. Stick with it. We know Giselle's on some bullshit. Also, I am sick and tired of Dean and Dylan's mama. Thank you to Taria for that phrase. I'm sick of that woman bringing her wide-body ass over here to spread lies. I am also living for Karen Huger just sitting back and just savoring every moment of Giselle being bred. Whether it's, uh, you know, um, what's the word? Whether it's warranted or not, or whether it's, like, you know, baseless or not, it is just so funny. And it is so funny how, even though this is probably the most active she's ever been on the show in the six years, even when Robin comes alive and activated, she is still visibly the sleepiest woman you'll ever meet. She looks like she can fall asleep any second, and I love that for her. And she's actually, like, making me laugh this season. And I like how Mia is just, like, chiming in on the side here and there. And Candace, uh, Candace is coming off really great this year. Makes me proud to be a Basset Hound. Hope you're enjoying it. Y'all gonna leave my green eye bandits alone. Yes, they messy. Yes, they start a lot of shit. Yes, they, uh, child, I think I'm supposed to be defending them. I don't know if I can. Anyway, <laughs> y'all, this is a great week of reality TV. The unscripted gods did what they needed to do. They delivered, and I hope this upcoming week is just as good. If you're listening to this the day this comes out, Let's check out Bachelor in Paradise tonight. Let's check out uh, Roni the next day. Let's check out Beverly Hills the day after that. The encore is gone. Aw, so is Family Karma. That all makes me sad. But then uh, we have Potomac on Sunday. I'm sure some more stuff comes on in between Never Child. I can't think of who else. But you know what? I'll see ya. through that entire episode well aren't you special you deserve a treat why don't you head on over to apple podcast or stitcher or Podchaser or Castbox and leave me a five-star rating and review for free need to contact me email me at realitycomics2 at gmail.com make sure you follow me on instagram for hilarious memes and up-to-date information about the podcast that's at Reality Comics 2, T-O-O. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. 
Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.